sausage and spam. Spam, bacon, sausage and spam. Spam, egg, spam, spam, bacon and spam. Spam, 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 egg and spam. Spam, 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 bacon, spam, spam, spam and spam. Oh, not to the same door, I'll prevent for the moon I saw. Spanish with double pate, brandy, and a five egg on top and spam. The great... The great Terry Jones of Monty Python's Flying Circus, who, uh, Sir Cuss, who just passed away, unfortunately. Um, if, you know, uh, if you're of a certain age, a lot of your icons are passing away. You know, musical actors, whatever. But uh, you just you can't understand how incredibly influential Python was to anybody who aspired to be funny for generations. Just fantastic. The great Terry Jones. Um, and here's your a quick impeachment update. Uh, they agreed three days for each side for their opening arguments, and uh, they're going to start that. So we got a week of that. And the opening arguments are going to be, especially for the prosecution side, you've heard them. You've heard them multiple times. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and then the, the, the White House will do their defense. So we're not going to get to really the exciting stuff for a full week, which is the vote on whether or not to have... Testimony from various witnesses. Right. And that's that's going to get super chippy then. Yes. I still say it will be hours of tedium interrupted by significant developments and some comedy and some good conflict and the rest of it. And our plan around here is to leave out all of the, uh, you know, the, the gallons of broth and just bring you the good stuff from the soup, if you will. And uh, so you'll be completely up to date listening to the A&G show and also, uh, you know, get a uh, an idea of some of the more comedic moments of the thing. So uh, a couple of big developments in the world of immigration enforcement. And you're not going to hear this on the mainstream media because they only have the ability to cover one story at a time, which is very strange and disappointing. But a couple of things we mentioned earlier that 70s soft rock icon Linda Ronstadt said Mexicans are the new Jews and Trump is Hitler, which some might suggest is somewhat overheated. Uh, the the idea which took hold for a while that any effort at immigration enforcement is racism is an obscene idea. It's wildly inaccurate. It's totally unfair. It's slanderous. And don't let anybody accuse you of that unless you're a racist. Then go ahead and admit it. But um, number one, the Trump administration says they will move to block the birth tourism. Parents, non-citizens, drop into the country... Pop out a kid, then go back with a U.S. citizen because of the misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment. I will stand by those words till the day I die. Well, clearly true. Any kid born in the U.S. is immediately a citizen. It's ridiculous. It was meant entirely. It is clear from context. It is clear from the debate. It is clear from every aspect of the 14th Amendment that they wanted to make sure nobody claimed slaves who were born not citizens, were not immediately granted citizens. You're born here, you're a citizen. I don't care if you are not free when this law passed. You are a citizen. That was the point of the 14th Amendment. And you get all of your constitutional rights. But now... Which took a hell of a long time to seriously get going, by the way. But now, as a bit of a welfare state, the smartest thing you could do from wherever in the world you're from is to have your kid born in the United States... Because you're, you're entitled to health care and retirement and everything else, education. Well, right. And listen, w- w- the biggest market for women 
from which women come to knock out a kid in, where do we hear about the other day, the Mariana Islands? Or, I mean, it's huge in San Francisco, up and down the West Coast. Uh, the biggest market for that is China. Chinese women coming and doing it. And are you trying to tell me that President Xi and company, it has not dawned on them that, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Our country women, our Chinese women are giving birth to kids who are U.S. citizens, and then they raise them here in China, and we can indoctrinate them and force them to work for the government and make them into spies, and they have full U.S. citizenship? You think she and company haven't figured that out yet? Please. Now, come on, China! Come on, China! I gotta believe the only reason it doesn't happen more often is more people aren't aware of it. God dang it. You live in anywhere else? Get across the border. It ain't cheap. You gotta have the money. Sure. Um, but yes, it's a brilliant idea. I would do it. Um, the State Department is taking the lead on the initiative uh, through, though visa protocols are administered by U.S. citizenship. Blah, 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 blah. The administration has not decided how to go about blocking citizenship to this class of newborns, but it has looked at giving the State Department the ability to deny visitor visas to people on short-term business, as well as tourism visas to women it believes may be trying to give birth in the U.S., so they're going to try to do it administratively. Um, I remember at one point, gosh, during the presidential campaign, we really dug into the uh, judicial history of this question. Um, and it's never really been nailed down. Um, but so I'm glad I'm glad they're doing that. Last February, the Justice Department announced the indictment of 19 people for the roles in an international birth tourism ring that brought thousands of pregnant women, mainly from China, to California so they could give birth and have a U.S. child. The case marked the first time criminal charges have been filed in federal court in a birth tourism case. Um, I think the only crime involved is is misleading uh, uh, visa applications of why you're coming to the country. But again, that that seems to me it's something like the tail wagging the dog. You're 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 making a a fairly obscure administrative argument about something that is a, a terrible policy at its core. Right. And did we mention there are no other countries do that? There's like one tiny country that allows this. Other countries right. don't do this because it's crazy. It's stupid. Well, the only countries that do it really, and and there used to be a couple like Western democracies that did that, but they don't anymore because their welfare states have become very generous and they've realized that, well, wait a minute, we don't want to feed, clothe, medicate, and educate everybody who, who walks in. Um, but your, your really crappy third world countries that people flee as fast as they can, they'll take you, whoever well, yeah, they, you are, they but they, that, that doesn't count. One more immigration note that I found uh, pretty interesting, and of course the, the same liars and or people so deluded by their ideology they've lost sight of the truth are trying to call us racism, but the Mexican authorities are really really cracking down on those caravans of Central Americans who have been uh, going through Mexico with impunity and just ushered right to the U.S. border where we can deal with the humanitarian, logistical, and financial nightmare of hundreds of thousands of people showing up and saying, yeah, yeah, I'm a refugee, you got to let me in. Uh, so, you know, granted, they did it under pressure from the Trump administration, um, but kudos to the administration for telling Mexico, look, we're serious about this. We will take more refugees than anybody on earth, like we've done for virtually our entire existence. But we're going to know who you are, why you're coming in, and, and and that you can, well, it used to be that you can support yourself. Nobody cares about that anymore. But it's going to be orderly, it's going to be reasonable, and it's going to be according to the laws of the United States. That's not racism. That's a nation of laws. 
We allow more legal immigration than any country on earth. We got to. We got no choice now. The United States birth rate, the dispatch is reporting on this today, the birth rate in the United States dropped to an all-time low last year. The numbers are just in. 1.73. Well below the 2.10 that is required just to stay steady. We are now a shrinking country. 1.73? Yeah, that's way low. Holy crap! If you're into demography, that well, that's holy crap low. You could tell because I said it. The high was in 1957, 3.77. That's wow. incredible. Yeah, well, we, yeah, well, we so lost a hell of a lot of young men in uh, Europe, but uh, in, in, in Asia, sorry, uh, in the Pacific. Um, yeah, well, I had three kids. I'm looking at the rest of you people. What an interesting problem for the world, as we've talked about many times. People just deciding to stop having children. Yeah, it's... Um, well, it, it, next to that, every other issue looks trivial. I mean, can you imagine like an endangered species getting together and arguing about what color the drapes are? I mean, it's it's the endangered part that gets your attention. Although there are going on 8 billion people on Earth. So as a species, I think we're okay. They're expecting as a, a s- culture, a system of laws, a constitution, a, a country... We're uh, we're hurting. We're sick. We're actually ill. I saw the numbers the other day. The world population is going to start going the other direction in a few years. Mm-hmm. Enough countries are now uh, below the replacement rate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'd like, a conversation I'd like to have someday, and I don't know if it would be on the radio show or maybe we'd have a, a podcast and, and chop it up for y'all, but I would like to talk to honest, smart people, like maybe some of our friends from Freakonomics or... Um, no, I don't know. We have to think about it. But the, the topic would be the obsession with economic growth. Why is it necessary that we grow economically? I mean, presumably, if you had an economy of a trillion dollars and, you know, 500,000 people, and that never changed, you know, people would move up the ladder a little, down the ladder a little bit, but, you know, it, it would be fine. You don't need to grow except what hmm eh? we're we're losing the population of young workers who are paying the tab for our enormous bloated entitlement system and uh and we've run up such incredible debt and and we're running up incredible debt at a time of an economic boom i just actually it's funny i read an, uh, an article the other day about uh, some of our unfunded uh, pension liabilities across the us particularly in blue states that are going to ruin those states financially um they're going broke during the greatest time of stock market growth in 50 years and so that's why we need to keep growing economically because we've been so irresponsible looking at you boomers older gen x nah, we're watching you couple of Tap stories for you on the way from different parts of the world. <laughs> Opposite ends of the country. You got iguanas falling out of the trees in Florida. One of the signs of the apocalypse. And you got that new Chinese virus has shown up in the United States for the first time in Washington State Durr. yesterday. We're getting it from both ends. That and other stories on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
it's almost like they go totally to sleep. Generally speaking, if it warms up quickly afterwards, they can recover. But smaller animals sometimes will not recover. I knew of a gentleman who was collecting them all in the street and just throwing them in the back of the station wagon. And all of a sudden, as he's driving down US-1, these things are coming along and crawling on his back and almost caused a wreck. Iguanas are falling out of the trees in Florida. Part of Armstrong and Getty's World News Roundup is what we call this feature. Like, sound, sounds, sounds more like the Book of Exodus to me. <laughs> the one guy who just sees, oh, look, free iguanas. Free frozen iguanas. <laughs> so because it's... Iguana sickles. Un- it's unusually cold in Florida, and iguanas apparently sleep in the trees. Yes. They're getting, They're falling asleep, as that person explained, and then they fall out of the tree. And then some weirdo was collecting them off the ground. Oh, wow. There's just hot and cold running iguanas. As <laughs> well, many mo- as I want. Mostly cold, as it turns out. What the frig do you want a, a car full of iguanas for? And then they wake up and start crawling on his head. How's that guy have a driver's license? I guess they're fairly easy to get. Ah, Florida man with a car full of iguanas. So anyway, iguanas are falling out of the trees in Florida. Then Washington, uh, more serious, they got that new Chinese virus, has shown up in the United States. Yep, on the uh, western coast. So we'll see what happens with that. And then part of World Roundup is the name of this feature. Okay. I think, we, have need, theme music, I think we need more features with names on them. Oh, yeah. It's, are you kidding? You ever watch cable news? Absolutely. It's obligatory. Yeah, you got to have a name for your feature. And, and, and theme music. Here it comes, everybody. What's what's the name of it? World Roundup? No, how about It's a Small World? Armstrong and Getty's. Let's brand it. Branding is so important. Armstrong and Getty's It's a Small World. <laughs> okay. Michael, this is terrible. I know. It's all I had. You can't just grab random theme songs well, no, it from goes 70s back to the Red TV Fox. shows. It, when we were talking about the Red that Fox. That was 45 minutes oh, I'm ago. Sorry. Anyway, back to around You're the like world. You're like a dog. You have no sense of time. This is... I leave the studio. You don't know if I've been gone for five minutes or five days. All right, let's try. Let's try this. Uh, hit, hit me with the hit Armstrong with the and Gettys. It's a small world. There you go. I like mine better. Well, I got a little international feel to it. Yeah, so it did. A, a guy yeah, in Auckland. This, this Look is, at that cobra. Totally hypnotized. This is actually pretty clever and uh, goofy, but he was able to do it because GPS technology is so good now. Uh, a guy created an earth sandwich. An earth sandwich, like any sandwich, would be uh, two pieces of bread with whatever the kind of sandwich. If it's a chicken sandwich, you get two pieces of bread with chicken in between. Clearly. You following me? There's no argument. <laughs> the earth sandwich, you got two pieces of bread with the earth in between. And right. because of GPS technology, he was able to lay a piece of bread on the earth and then go precisely to the opposite side of the planet. Exactly, exactly right. Hilarious. And put the other piece of bread and have an earth sandwich. Now I get it. Yeah. So where were these two points where he was? Did you say Auckland? Um, One of them? They used longitude and latitude to make sure they were precisely opposite. Where were the two spots? One piece of bread lies on Auckland's Bucklands Beach. Okay. And then the other piece is in Spain. Placed placed by a uh, friend. Okay. Fun fact, if you are trying to make an earth sandwich and you reside anywhere in the continental United States, the other side where the bread would have to be is yes. most likely in the Indian Ocean. Oh, oh so you can't do it. Yeah. Very difficult. You have to put it on a barge. Yes, yeah, soggy. You maybe toast the bread or something so it doesn't get so soggy. With 500 acres of lettuce. <laughs> they they know that with the with the, the, uh, the technology they were using, they were able to get within a meter's range. So, you know, three feet. Wait a minute. Of being exactly right for the earth Wait sandwich. Wait a minute. I've made a sandwich. 
You can't have like one, one piece of bread pe- three feet away from the other. <laughs> yeah, what? How are you going to eat minute. that sandwich? Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You got one here and one here. I'm blowing Boo! a whistle on this story. That's no sandwich. You suck. That's, that's a counter that needs to be cleaned up. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. And um, thought you said that was a good story. And congratulations to the one sports writer who didn't vote for Derek Jeter for oh. the Hall of Fame. So Derek Jeter goes in one vote shy of unanimous into the Hall of Fame because some sports writer wanted to be the big man who, I guess, some it's just Boston re- sports writer. It's or just something. ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah, just no dumb. Kidding. It doesn't. That's just the way some people are. Yeah, it you just, know, you it, just want to kick them. It just makes you a jerk. I don't know about this Babe Ruth character. He gave up on pitching, is the way I see it. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, who are you? I just. The entire world of baseball wants to slap you. Yeah. You're just such an ass. You were real, Listen, if I'm going to put on my parent hat, I'd say take a really good look at yourself and think about what you've done. Yeah, congratulations. It doesn't mean anything. All it means is you're an, a jerk. Yeah. A petty you, jerk. Yeah, you have elevated your own pathetic little ego. Well, okay. And that was Armstrong and Getty's It's a Small World. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Gerald Nadler, I've known him a long time. He's a sleazebag. Everybody knows that. Uh, Pat. Cipollone is a high-quality human being. I was very impressed with Pat. He had great emotion yesterday. Pat's a brilliant guy, but I've never seen that emotion. And that's real emotion. That's because he knows this is a hoax. And uh, I was very proud of the job he did. I've known known Jerry Nadler for a long time. He's opposed many of my jobs. I got them all built, very successfully built in New York. But... uh, so we have yet another fight, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it surprising? Isn't it amazing? But so, what did he call Nadler? Sleazebag or a scumbag? It's at the very beginning there. Our hallmark Gerald is Gerald Nadler. I've known him a long time. He's a sleazebag. Everybody sleazebag. Knows. Yeah. Okay, that's better than a scumbag. Is I think, it? I think. I just think it's different. Potato, potato. Mm. Uh, three different headlines uh, for what happened Steak yesterday. Steak fries, thick cut fries. You know, mm. nomenclature. Uh, three different headlines with the same news happening. Washington Examiner said of yesterday, Senate sets impeachment trial rules that postpone vote on witnesses. It's pretty good that nonpartisan is, headline. That is what happened, yeah. That, oh, I'm sorry, that was the Examiner? Yeah, Wall okay. Street Journal went with the Senate, approved rules for President Trump's impeachment trial on a party-line vote after roughly a dozen hours of date. That's fine. The New York Times went with the Senate approved the ground rules for President Trump's impeachment trial after Republicans blocked 11 Democratic amendments. And, of course, blocking something is mean, mean and aggressive. Right. And a power play. Right. It's all true, but putting a slightly negative spin on what the Republicans are blocking their amendments. Oh, no. You don't want your amendments blocked. Um, What did happen yesterday? Well, Well, they voted them down. I mean, they didn't win. Win the election. That's how you win the votes. 
Um, what did happen yesterday at uh, at uh, the urging of Republicans? Oh, so this is the key to the whole thing, as it's become clear to me. Finally, the key. Yeah, and it really is. The, I, I realize the key for the Democrats, but it's also true for Mitch McConnell. Everybody, Democrats and Mitch McConnell, have the same audience in mind. Four Republican senators. Mm-hmm. They're all talking to just them. I realize the Democrats were, because they're trying to get the four Republican senators to come over to their side, at least for the witnesses or maybe a couple other votes. But I didn't realize McConnell's playing to them so much, too. So, man, they hold all the power, and that'd be your Mitt Romney, your Susan Collins, and a couple, and two other people. Yeah, uh, the gal from off, Alaska? That I can't name off the top of my head. Murkowski? Yes. Lisa right, Murkowski? Exactly. Yep. Anyway, so he's playing to them. So yesterday, Mitch McConnell, at the urging of those people... He tweaked the rules that he had introduced on Monday a little bit. So instead of two days, it's going to be three days. Yeah. And the House's evidence will now automatically be included in the Senate trial instead of having to vote on it. Right. Which to me is just like we were talking about yesterday. It's if you're in a negotiation and you throw in something ridiculous on purpose just so you have something to give them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was something ridiculous to throw in. We're not going to allow the evidence from the House in the Senate trial. That's a crazy position. Right. But it's like saying you want your own bathroom right. when you, uh, you're negotiating for a salary. I want $100,000 and a circus elephant. Well, we're prepared to offer you 90000 and we get to punch you in the face. Well, all right. <laughs> How about I forget about the circus elephant and you don't punch me in the face? That's how negotiations often work. Right. So they gave uh, 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 Susan Collins in particular, um, they gave her a win, I guess, for the people of Maine. So she can say, oh, look, I fought for fairness. I and battled I to get the evidence because McConnell was not going to allow the evidence without a vote. And I battled and got him to cave on that. Right. So, man, there's just layers of politics going on. <laughs> Even though, obviously, you're going to allow the evidence from the House uh, impeachment inquiry to be in the Senate. But, I mean, the, the, the nation would howl. Well, right. Yeah. I, I was so mystified when I heard that. I thought I was missing something. But, no, it's just... Just horse trading. And then changing the two days to three days. He took something that was going to be really uncomfortable and annoying for everyone um, and then made it a little more palatable. And in case you're just tuning in, you had a couple of the folks on opposite sides calling each other liars and idiots and the rest of it. And finally, old man Roberts had to weigh in and say, hey, 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 this is the adult table. This is the Senate, you Congress children. Settle down. (laughs) Mind your manners. Congress children. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see if that holds or not. Um, the president calling one of the house managers a sleaze bag, and then uh, various uh, the I, word ought not to have been used. Oh yeah, yeah. The president has not exactly been a leading light of calm and respectful rhetoric. Well, of course, there not. are plenty no. of those who would say, "Well, the left has been playing that game for a very long time, and Republicans have been, uh, you know, uh, uh, flapping their tea cozies at themselves." Oh, I'm getting the vapors, and it's about time they had a battler on their side. Okay, we can argue about that all week. But oh, speaking of battling, my understanding is. That the Republicans aren't going to need three eight-hour days. I would. I'm sorry. So. The president's counsel, the president's defense team, um, has has hinted broadly we're not going to need it. So they may say, "Hey, Saturdays for uh, playing golf and seeing the family. We'll see y'all on Monday." They may not use their Saturday session. So, which would be what? good for everyone. How many people are going to watch this stuff? That's what I wonder. Like the next six days, when it's each side doing their three days, how much how much will people see of that? I'll bet not much. 
There's there are going to have to be moments on a Tuesday afternoon where there aren't two million people watching in the whole country. That's probably true, yeah. Because some of those Democratic debates have had three, four, five million people watch. Yeah. And that's in prime time and... You know, you, you know when it's coming, and you got you got some excitement for it. There's <clears throat> nothing for for senators arguing about stuff nobody understands unless you're a lawyer. Right. There won't be hardly anybody watching this stuff. Right. And procedural issues. Do, do we even get to bring that uh, that evidence? I've been a juror sometimes, and this is not a criminal trial. It's worth repeating that over and over again. There are a lot of people trying to convince you it is because then they can say the same rules apply, but they really don't. But anyway, they might be hours and hours and hours spent on arcane procedural questions. Um, and, you know, there, there are a surprising number of places going wall-to-wall with the gavel-to-gavel coverage, which is rating suicide. Oh, absolutely. Um, because it's available everywhere, and nobody needs to hear all of it. Um, but, you know. You're going to do what you want to do. And as we've uh, mentioned several times, but it's amusing to us, the senators are only allowed to have, no food is allowed in there, even though you're in there for, yesterday they were in there for 12 hours. 12 flipping hours. They broke a half Kill hour. Me. Kill me. They broke half an hour for dinner. Oof. On and the other they hand, just they slammed milk as quickly as they could. Yeah, well, so they probably had a, 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 a like a buffet table set up there in the cloakroom, right? Or get something. It, get out of Nadler's way. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Not fair. That's not... <laughs> but they're only allowed to have water and milk in the Senate chamber because they're all a bunch of old old men, ninety year old men. I need some warm milk. It's after midnight. <laughs> You know, I uh, I had the worst insomnia I've had for months, if not years, last night, and I really don't know why. But uh, so I get Guilt. up in the middle of well, my conscience was probably part of it. But um, so I get up in in I don't even remember what time it was, but it was ridiculously late. And I thought, well, maybe I'll go to the bathroom and flip through a magazine or something for a while because I'm sure Zell not sleeping. And uh, I grab my phone to use my little flashlight in the bedroom, as many of us do. And I look at it, and I'm getting a news alert, like something that just happened on the floor of the Senate. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. And uh, I thought, wow, you poor old sons of guns. 85-year-old. Daughters uh, of guns. or 85-year-old milk-drinking uh, senators. <laughs> exactly. You're still listening to various uh, lawyers in Congress dopes drone on and on. So they only get water and milk you. and no food, but right. they get around that rule by having a big drawer full of candy. It makes a difference. But that's candy is food. Why would you have and and by candy, you know, we we said half jokingly earlier that I picture senators and candy. I'm seeing Werther's originals and butterscotches and horehounds, Smithers, um, and and that sort of thing. But no, it's it's I Snickers saw, and Kit Kats. I saw a picture stuff, of the drawer. You could probably find that somewhere, Sean. Well, there's why a, don't they have Slim Jims and like meat uh, beef jerky then? There's a picture of the drawer full of candy, and it was like the mini Snickers bars. Protein, the tiny baby. Ones. What am I, eight years old? I'm eating candy over I'm here? Drinking milk. Well, it's better for you than a Snickers, which is better for you than a Kit Kat. God, you're not keeping me awake. Oh, I know. I, I got an insulin crash so bad, I'd fall asleep if there was a gun in my I'm face. I'm eating candy and drinking milk, and I've been listening to you drone on blah, blah, blah for eight hours. <laughs> one guy uh, one guy did fall asleep yesterday, yep. which is very exciting. Senator from Idaho. Jim Reich, right? Went full asleep. Reich. Take him a nap. Most people pronounce it Reich. It's actually Reich. All right. I believe he was the first, no, the second Reich. No, he may have been the third Reich. Jeez. To serve, I'll check the record. <laughs> you, you, you happy? <laughs> yeah, no, 
No kidding. Look at the smile on his face. I haven't seen him smile that big in so long. He's delighted. through the day. He's delighted. All right? I'm ashamed of digging that. you got to have a hobby. Anyway, so we're just letting you know it's going to be six days of really boring talking, I think. Yeah, but we'll we'll have highlights for you. But Absolutely. then when they get to the vote on uh, and the arguments about whether or not there should be witnesses and uh, and that finally happens, that that should be some pretty good decent TV. You get Hunter Biden out there, oh my God, there's no way that's boring. Oh, no please. way. Oh, ask him about the uh, the stripper girlfriend. I don't know how it's relevant. And but is it going to be Jim? Listen, uh, Mr. Biden, you obviously have uh, a lot of uh, financial needs, bills, if you will, to pay. For instance, your stripper girlfriend. Ask him about the stripper girlfriend. How do you work that in? Well, and, and then he ended up impregnating. No, he impregnated the stripper. Then he married a girl he'd known for nine days. Instagram model. Like an Instagram model Much only more respectable weeks later. Is she, did she, we, mm. She's with child also, I believe. Okay, so there's my financial need argument. Your Honor, I submit to you that it is relevant to establish uh, Mr. Is Biden's financial need. You've been uh, in an actual juror. So Multiple juries, and if you are new to the show, I, Joe Getty, almost went to law school. And, of course, you keep reminding us this is not actually a court of law. Correct. Yeah. But um, if it were a court of law, do you get to bring up my drug problems from years ago? To establish on something I did more recently? That is a wobbler. The argument you would make as prosecutor is it it goes to the unlikelihood that he would be appointed a director of this Ukrainian national gas company. Not only does he know nothing about natural gas, he's not Ukrainian, he's not a known figure in the world of energy, anything like that. Oh, they would hit him with questions. Do you speak Ukrainian? No. You speak Russian? No. Right. Do you ever work in the oil industry? No. Right. You know anything about <laughs> Right. And 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 the Hunter, fact that, you're a loser. <laughs> that he was heaved out of the military for doing blow and had a fairly significant substance. And then you start listening problem. to strip clubs. You ever been in this strip club? Yes. <laughs> okay. You ever been in this strip club? That's I where have. it gets a little iffy to me. <laughs> I kind of was a liffy. I was a liffy. <laughs> um, I'll tell you though, that'll be entertaining. Because he's kinda remember the what that interview he did with one of the Today Show. Or oh, one of, yeah, I remember and it. He, 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 well, it, was, uh, it doesn't matter. He gets super defensive pretty fast. Yes. And uh, so he'd, he'd be yeah. a fun witness. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely would walk in there at a, uh, at a low boil. Right. You know? That could be awesome. Then Jim Jordan gets in his face. Oh. Yeah, that could be fun. Oh. I'm looking forward to that, but that's a full week or more away. So Yes. Yeah, we get three full days of Nadler and Schiff. Adam Bullshift, uh laying out their case, and then probably a couple of days Between of the, the president's them, guys saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, what he said is fake. Between Nadler and Schiff, they, if you average it, they got an average size neck. <laughs> I don't think you're taking this seriously. <laughs> got the sir. smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Well, that's indisputable. Oh, you know what? I, I hadn't realized he got his seat in uh, Southern California, L.A. area, Um. As many of our listeners know, and I can't remember the bloke's name, Republican congressman who took a leading role in the impeachment of Clinton, which was seen as illegitimate and overly political, and his district, was, which was a, a purple district, 
said, no, this is not cool. You're a grandstanding guy just trying to make a national name for yourself. You're not representing our district. You're out. Hmm. And and little pencil-necked, uh, chubby-cheeked Adam Schiff got the gig for that very reason. And here he is, the utterly dishonest poster boy for the impeachment effort. So I wonder with the, whether his district still has the wherewithal to, to heave his lion butt out. I do not know. He's utterly dishonest, by the way. He just he just made another uh, he unleashed another whopper. Was it yesterday? Um, well, he uh, okay. It was uh, the Politico reported Tuesday. He wrote uh, he he disclosed a letter and uh, a and a, a memo in which this Lev Parnas uh, mobster guy was hanging around with Rudy. Quote: Continue to try to arrange a meeting with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Showing us a text exchange in which Parnas told Giuliani, trying to get us Mr. Z. But in the unredacted version of that whole memo thing, it makes it clear that Mr. Z was a completely different guy. He was the founder of Burisma. So Parnas was trying to get uh, a meeting with the head of of Burisma. He was not berating the, the Ukrainian president. But Schiff had to know that because he had access mm. to the unredacted version, but he claimed it was more evidence wow. that they were trying to get Zelensky. Wow. It seems to me an odd lie to unleash. Um, but Schiff, you know, well, he is he is a character who is known for twisting. He the is truth. not a or, long ball hitter. Or doing fanciful quote unquote parodies of the president's phone call on the House floor as if it's fact. So hey. James Rogan was the name of the guy who lost to Schiff back way back in the day. Daily Show, Trevor Noah took on the Hillary-Bernie battle that bubbled up yesterday. That, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Hillary Clinton speaking. He was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney. And I feel so bad that people got sucked into it. The reporter asks, does that assessment still hold? And she says, yes, it does. And then she goes on, if he gets the nomination, will you endorse and campaign for him? And she says, I'm not going to go there yet. Hillary, what are you doing? The election is just about to begin, and now you're coming out throwing punches? This is not the time to reopen old wounds. You can just say, as Democrats, we always support our nominee, and then go home and punch that bag you have with Bernie's face on it. Because, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? Let's be honest. What does that mean? Hillary won't support Bernie? So if he's the nominee, who else is she going to campaign for? Trump? <laughs> Actually, I'd love to see that. I won't lie. I mean... <laughs> Well, that would be amazing if Trump was just up there like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Crooked Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary comes up, hello, everybody, lock me up, lock me up, lock me up. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I, I, I tell you what, you know, we've been talking about uh, why Hillary has come out and reaffirmed her hatchet job in this docu-series. If you think the heavyweights, the powers that be, from the donors to the Clintons to the Obamas to the, uh, you know, the uh, unseen string pullers that 
names that are only known inside the Beltway. If you think those people are all holding each other back, no, no, don't interfere with the democratic process. We just let, need to let the people decide who the nominee should be. I know it's going to be very tough to take if a sure loser is nominated, but we've just got to let it. And there's nobody saying that. Nobody. They're getting together in smoke-filled rooms where, you know, well, I almost said something incredibly unfortunate. It would have been funny, but uh, where, where there is no morality, okay? Absolutely no. Harvey, Jeffrey Epstein would blush at the things that go on in these behind-the-scenes rooms where the real decisions are made. But they are all vowing, whether by the dollar or by the, uh, you know, the slanderous speech, or, you know, uh, abduct the old man and, and put him in a burlap sack and throw him in the Atlantic, whatever it takes, he is not going to be the nominee. And uh, if, if it's necessary for more overt assassination efforts to take place, and I don't mean literally, I mean like character assassination, if it becomes necessary to do that sort of thing out in the open, they will do that sort of thing out in the open. This is not a game for the faint of heart. Uh, Much more to come. Uh, If you don't get the next hour, hit the podcast. Armstrong and Getty.